But yeah, Last of Us. That was a game. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... Th it's tough, because I, after I played it, I was like, geez, if I was re reviewing this, what would I give it? Man, it'd be awfully close. It might not be 100, but it'd be awfully close. Yeah, it was a struggle writing that, but I think it the way everything added up to and the overall quality of the product was undeniable even if um you know i thought the story was well done some people obviously didn't but even discounting that i think if you hated the story it's still a nine plus yeah so do you think people didn't i mean is it an issue over people not liking the story or is it an issue of people not liking the ending Trev, I got a feeling we're going to find out because I think that's where Rhett's at. Yeah. Oh, um, we got a dissenting opinion. Yeah. I would say, like, first thing, I absolutely respect anyone that thought this game should have gotten a perfect score. Um, if if it wasn't a sequel to The Last of Us, I probably would have given it a perfect score, too. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't give it a very high score either. Trevor, I'm with you. I'm not sure if I would give it a 100 but uh, like it would, it would be a, you know, a nine plus for me for sure. Um, just because I disagree with, you know, maybe half of the game, uh, it doesn't. I, it, that doesn't mean that I'm blind to the quality of what we're playing. It's it's very rare that, uh, you know, the the gameplay loop is as satisfying as it is in Last of Us Two. So Paul, how do you how do you want to do? Are we gonna work our way towards? our grievances with the ending or and work through the chapters or are we going to like get to it right away you know i think we should work through chronologically and just kind of go through some gameplay stuff as it comes up okay. um and and obviously in case this part makes it into the cast uh spoiler warning this is going to spoil the shit out of the last of us part two uh, if you haven't played it, or you care about playing it, or you don't want to know what happens in the game, don't listen to this. Just don't. Yeah. It's not worth it. Go play the game instead, and then come back and listen to this. So there you go. I feel like that. Like at this point, we're safe. Like we're Last of Us Two's old enough now, where you know we we really shouldn't have to tag anything as a spoiler alert. Although we do to be cautious, but I feel like by now, like we should be able to freely talk about it. And, uh, and not have, like, you know, Twitter attack us. Absolutely. I mean, people get pissed off if you spoil a, a Super Nintendo game from 1991. <laughs> That's a good point. People were catching flack for spoiling uh, Final Fantasy VII parts of that game, so. <laughs> I didn't know what happened at the end of Super Mario World, you know? <laughs> yeah. Gotta love the internet. <laughs> you gotta something the internet. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the prologue of Last of Us Part Two in, in Jackson, Wyoming. How'd you guys feel about the, the opening of this game? I thought, I, you know, I do recall it being just absolutely stunning. I know when I fired it up and you see, uh, you know, if I recall correctly, it's, it's, um, it's Joel and Tommy on the horses. Mm. And uh, just the, sort of that, that landscape and the scenery was just... Um, I just remember just being jaw. My jaw was just dropped to the floor. I thought it looked incredible, um, and yeah, and it set the set the. I, I like that early recap of the original. Like I didn't feel 
Like in the first five, 10 minutes, I didn't feel like I didn't know what was going on. There was sort of a nice quick recap as Joel's playing on the guitar there of what happened in the original, which was, God, I can't believe it's been seven years, 2013, the original came. So, um, which I didn't do. I didn't replay the original going into The Last of Us 2. So I was going in without having played the original in seven years. So, um, yeah, I thought the game did a nice job bringing me up to speed. Um, and, um, yeah, gra- I just graphically was was incredible. Yeah, uh, I love that right off the bat, the first thing that, that we're introduced to with this game is Troy Baker and his stunning performance in this game. Uh, he's not given as much dialogue, obviously, as he was given in the first game, but the scenes that he is given, man, he knocks out of the park every time, and this is the first of them expertly done the the guy that plays tommy too i sorry i i what's his name I i'd have know. to i'd have to look it up but, man, he <laughs> does an amazing know. job too i'm sorry i'm sorry but he, he does whoever you are too, you did a right? wonderful job but uh yeah just <laughs> i know you're listening done. and i also think that uh you know you you obviously so you get the first scene with with uh tommy and joel and then you take off and you're you're riding on horseback i think that the entire opening of the game, maybe the first two hours of the game, you should have been playing as Tommy and Joel. Why do you say so? Um, well, I mean, when when we when we come up to the uh, the next couple story beats, I guess I'll go into it a bit further. But uh, just the way that this opening act breaks down, I, I think that later events may have been more affected. May, may, uh, been more effective mm. if you were playing as Tommy and Joel for the first couple hours of the game. You know, like the parts where you're out on patrol and out on the overlook and out on uh, patrol. Uh, it's not that I don't like those parts. I just think that with the you know inevitable demise of Joel, I think it would have been a lot more effective if you played as him right up right up until the point of his death. Um, yeah. Especially if the leaks didn't happen. If the leaks didn't happen, and, right? Because you know, I mean, you, you came into this game and you start as Joel, and you're expecting to play the game as yeah. Joel. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Um, well, yeah, he was our hero from the first one, right? So, which I think we're going to get to it near the end, and I think that's a lot of the, a lot of the issues with with the game is how Joel was was treated um, throughout the game and even at the very end. So. Um, yeah, I am surprised we didn't. It, the, the focus was on was on Ellie, and then eventually Abby, as those were the two primary players we played with the entire time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I thought it was a bit of a hiccup in uh, pacing with with breaking up this first act the way they did. Yeah, I, I admit that I was a little shocked to be playing as somebody, even after starting as Ellie, to be playing as Abby so quickly into the game i was i was surprised by that yeah um i i I wouldn't say that i was upset by it though or i thought that it was a misstep so i think they could have done a better job with abby right at the beginning to make her a more relatable character from the start in that first act i think they do a good job of that in the back half of the game but in that first little bit i didn't really identify with her as somebody that i wanted to like you don't identify with her at all 
and you're literally dropped into the shoes of this random character that's and again i'm with you paul there wasn't a single time in that opening part where you're playing as abby where i'm like oh i i don't want to be playing as this random person what what is this like i was intrigued but yeah you find out that you're dropped into the shoes of this random character and then you bring her to you bring her to the spot of Joel's demise, right? You bring her to, uh, like, you bring what is essentially this, like, inconsequential character into this massive, massive moment for this series. And uh, I don't know. I think that, like you were saying, like, they didn't do anything to build any sort of sympathy with her at this point. And so, to me at least, the character was kind of already dead to me after you know the events take place after everything plays out uh essentially you know you had this random kill one of the most popular characters maybe ever in gaming and uh i don't know i, I felt like from that point on neil Druckmann was going to be fighting an uphill battle that he was never going to win that was his problem with the pacing in the opening chapters is that uh yeah and he he stacked the deck too high against himself yeah, I mean, we—they don't even tell us who Abby is in the early going, and but I think it's all—I think it's all intentional. Like, I truly believe those first mm. three days in Seattle, where you're, where the, where you're focusing on playing with Ellie, is that it's all about demonizing Abby. That Abby's this like jacked up fucking. Well, I wouldn't call her a freak, but she's just this over the looks like a bodybuilder for Christ's sake. So, yeah. like, she just this over the top angry. Um, character that you just you just despise in the first half of the game and i think as we get into seattle day one with abby it sort of starts to shift you start to sympathize with her and i think it's all intentional i think that's exactly what neil wanted to do when he sort of took us on this journey he wanted us to hate abby and then start to sympathize with her the more we progress through the game and the more we played as her but you're right like the early going we just we don't know who this is we don't we really don't care to play her at all in the early going but you know, she they almost force feed Abby upon us in in that intro or first chapter, I should say. Right. Yeah, I I think you're right that it it's absolutely an uphill battle to fight with the story, but I think that's like you said, a super intentional choice and a challenge they right. wanted to take on that they want to through the narrative of the game deliver that as the theme that you have to be able to let go. And I actually really liked the way that they dealt with Joel's death because as you see later through some of the flashbacks and things, Joel, who used to be this complete hard-ass, badass smuggler, has become soft. He has become comfortable in Jackson and you can see that he himself is uncomfortable with that comfort. And you can see on his face just before like Abby takes the final swing on his face, he knows that he failed because he let his guard down. He failed Ellie because he let his guard down. And right. I think that's a really powerful character moment, even if it's not the heroic ending that you would want for him. I think it's it, real. It's it makes sense. Real. It's real and it yeah. it hurt. It hurt yeah. really bad. Yeah. And and he, and he knew it was coming like when he says that when he says what does he say to her he's like he says something to the effect of like I knew I knew you had a speech ready like so just you know 
spare me the speech and get it over with it. He said something along those lines. Yeah. And I remember that moment thinking, oh, fuck, he's really toast here. Like, goodbye, Joel. And so I hadn't seen any of the leaks. So this it was all new to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how I managed to dodge all those leaker uh, <laughs> missiles and bullets, but I did. So I didn't know it was coming. And it was it was quite for me, it was quite a moment. And it took me I was, it caught me off guard because I didn't think I honestly thought Joel would be part of this journey for at least the better part of the of the sequel and not not, not make such an early exit. Yeah. yeah, that specific scene as well was directed very well in that the roller coaster of emotion was expertly crafted. You you see you see uh, Tommy and Joel arrive to the the little room that the the group is in and everything seems to be okay and then you slowly realize that uh you know the group isn't what you thought that they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And then Joel takes the shot and you think okay, well, did she just kill him? No. You see that she shot him in the leg, and you're like, okay, so Joel's going to live. Joel's going to survive this, you know, leg shot. What character dies from a leg shot? Then you see that his leg is, like, gone. It's fucked. Oh. And, and, and It was uh, brutal. Dude, it's gruesome. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, they're going to fucking kill him here. He, there's, he's certainly not going to be a part of the game after this, you know? So they're going to fucking kill him here. And just the the roller coaster of emotions they take you on in that scene is crazy, expertly crafted. Trevor, you were saying that uh, it, it had sort of like an HBO vibe to it. I was thinking the exact same thing as I was playing it. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm watching. Uh, well, it, it totally right. I, yeah, I, it felt like an episode of Game of Thrones or something. It really did. Like there's the the over the top gore, and I mean, we even got a little bit of. Did we even get nudity? But we definitely had some sex scenes because I mean, when when Abby's when. <laughs> When Abby's getting bent, when she's getting bent over, I was like, "Oh boy, what is? What do we got? Here? Like, I'm yeah. looking around the room. Holy where shit! They, where are the kids? Like, yeah. oh, there not be any kids in the room. Like, where's where's the wife? Like, I felt like I was looking at porn for Christ's sake. That yeah. I had to that I had to hide it. Like, it was, um, yeah, I hadn't seen that. I hadn't really experienced that in a game in that way. Um, I mean, even the um, even the scene with Dina and and Ellie, um, you know, when they're in their underwear, I was like, oh, wow, this is spicy. Mm-hmm. So it did. It For me, it had an HBO vibe. It had it all. Yeah. It had like a bit of nudity, a bit of gore, and a really good story. Just to touch again on the Joel scene, I think part of what made it so powerful for me was the performances of all three of them, Troy Baker, Ashley Johnson, and Laura Bailey, were just fucking incredible in that scene the way they played off of each other and um obviously the the motion capture tech the way it was able to capture those subtle subtle looks on all of their faces as everything went down was just unreal i can't remember the last time i had a pit in my stomach like i did when uh when elliot does the line joel fucking get up she's like fucking just get up and he's he might as well already be dead. Yeah. And man, that just what that one line, like you said, man, the performances are so incredible. That one line really struck a chord with me. Amen to that. Yeah, that the it's it's probably some of the best acting we've seen in 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 a video game really. At least at least this year. I mean, I can't think of anything that that comes close to it. Um at least this year. Definitely not. I think maybe some of the performances from uh Red Dead 2 you get yeah. a little bit close. But sure. um, I, this year, that category of best performance is going to be stacked with The Last of Us. Yeah, I 
can't imagine i mean i know cyberpunk is coming but i can't imagine keanu reeves does anything better than than this cast no. <laughs> i love Man, you, keanu, I, but... I watched that netflix movie with keanu reeves replicas the other day yeah and he is yeah. not a good actor he, he, he honestly <laughs> he is never just was. the worst <laughs> he never was but i don't know we he's love lovable he's, he's just Everybody right he's charming he's yeah. a tremendous yeah. human tremendous but anyways joel's dead uh tommy's so, on the mend but, but He's on the mend. Before we move on from that, I just want to say yeah. as well that we're going to get to a, a part of this where where I, I start to go off on the story, and I want to make it clear that I think Joel dying is a very good thing. I think that there was no other narrative choice that you could have really made in this game. I think that maybe the circumstances surrounding it may have... Well, they definitely could have been done better, but I think that uh, Joel should have died. And I I mean, I felt more motivated as Ellie going into this Seattle day one. I felt more motivated as her than I ever did as Joel in the first game. And that was really powerful. That was really powerful to to instill in the player. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you definitely get that sense of, um, you know, that day one with Ellie. You know, you're like, okay, all right, we're going to find these motherfuckers. Like, yeah, it's it's on game on. Here we go. Yeah. Like you immediately you immediately understood what Ellie had gone through because you, you you know, you, you think back to 2013. I mean, this was, you know, basically you know, her, her father figure. Right. So, um, yeah, it, 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 they set up they set up Seattle day one quite nicely. Yeah, very. And Seattle day one is the point where I think the the visual presentation just goes through the roof jackson was impressive but seeing seattle and just the density of the foliage and the way they've rendered the forests and the roads and the way the horse looks and the way the characters look in the game it's unbelievable if you i think i said this in the review but if you told me this was a ps5 game i'd probably believe you easily easily yeah no doubt um yeah like the apocalypse never looked so luscious so full of life so gorgeous so delicious um yeah right like (laughs) i just wanted to go out there and like crawl through the grass and move up and down you know go through each shop and and uh maneuver my way through seattle like the environment is just expertly crafted and it's a big big reason why the game is as as enticing as motivating as you know uh it's a big reason why i wanted to keep seeing what was ahead of me because these environments are just next to none and those more or those more open sections of seattle really make it uh enticing to want to look around and see how big these mm-hmm. areas are one of the things i was most impressive with when trying to navigate the game was even the sections that were linear didn't feel linear they Mm-mm. felt they Not feel like you have so much leeway with which direction you go and obviously you're always a few steps away from some invisible wall that's guiding you in a direction, but you feel like you have total agency over where you're going, which is an incredible level design. Yeah. I remember, I think out of all the chapters I took, I took the longest to complete Seattle day one Mm -hmm. because you're just, you're just soaking it all in and it didn't feel linear at all, especially in the early going as you're trying to figure things out. Okay. Where do I got to go here? and, And where's my map? And, you know, as you're navigating around the city, and of course you want to search every little nook and cranny because the, the game really does reward you 
um, for, for searching for every little thing. So I found myself just, you know, I grinded through that level really slowly, just collecting everything. And I don't know if I finished things the way they were supposed to finish things in that, in, uh, in that opening chapter. But yeah, I just being, I remember being blown away and trying to figure out, oh, is that really a road in Seattle? And oh, wait, there's the Ferris wheel. And like, so, so seeing some of the landmarks that are actually in Seattle, um, was really cool. Definitely had that I am, I am legend vibe. Mm, yeah yeah no doubt uh so where do we get with uh seattle day one we do end up with the um after ellie and dina make it through the tunnels and well actually let's talk about the tunnels because that's, that was crazy that's, that's quite a sequence that was crazy yeah I, I i remember just thinking like i remember having to put the controller down after that whole sequence and thinking holy crap that was an absolutely nuts like you're just running for your life you you know you you're quickly becoming an expert with the controls and some of the frustrating weapon i don't know if you want to call it a weapon wheel but i just i really i remember really wrestling with um with weapons and um the aiming mechanics it just didn't feel as smooth as a call of duty game when you're really used to the Call of Duty games. So there was an adjustment for me for the controls and that all led to the intensity as you're trying to figure things out and you're trying to escape the tunnels with all these uh, these crazy zombies chasing you. Um, yeah, I thought it was intense and it was fantastic. What a great, great sequence. It really guides you towards becoming proficient with those systems, especially right at the end when um, you're, you're going through the final escape with Dina and you really have to put all those skills together in one sequence, in one long string to get away, you know, right. perfectly placed headshots and, and uh, you know, dodging and using some of the mobility mechanics in, in a way that you've been taught to do over the course of the, the game thus far. I thought that's a, a nice way to tutorialize up to that point and then make you put it all together, but in a way that feels empowering. Totally. Yeah. 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 So anyways, we hit the theater and then we get to probably my favorite section of the game, the flashback to Ellie's birthday. That's my line. That's my line. That's it's my favorite. Brett, was part that of the your game. favorite sequence it's, in it's, the game? I think it's the best part of the game. Uh again, you get Troy Baker continuing his fucking tour de force of acting, uh taking Ellie through this. <laughs> and, and it's it's so nice to go back to uh, is Ellie like 14 in these scenes? 15? Or a little older. It's than four years yeah, earlier, right? Four, right? So, so 15. Yeah, somewhere in there. This would be like her 15th birthday. Uh, it's so nice to go back and, and in, you know, it, it kind of feels like you're playing the first game during these moments. Uh, and it's just like this really like nice, peaceful, kind of nostalgic, warm, you know, feeling that you get from, from playing as these characters uh, as if they're in the original game. And then you go through this sequence where I should back up first. I love how like you go through the museum and you're finding like hats and stuff and you can put them on Joel and it's just like a lot of fun. You know, you can tell that they still love each other and, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just like really beautifully done. And then you, you get this sequence where they go inside this spaceship that they find and man, that's the, it's the way that they shoot this. It's it, like almost brought a tear to my eye. She, Ellie is like, uh, Joel gives her a tape of, of this uh, space launch 
this this recording of the space launch and she is she she puts her headphones in and she like kicks back and she closes her eyes and uh it's as if she's actually being launched into space you know the the shuttle she starts to you get this kind of like pseudo dream reality sequence where she's uh the 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 rocket sh ship starts to shake and and you see the light shining in through the windows and uh all the sounds and the effects of a space launch start to kind of uh like permeate throughout throughout the the room and man it's just like so beautifully done um yeah paul i know you'll have more to say about this but man it was just so beautiful but the, the whole thing was just so gorgeous um and I think the main point of that whole thing is to juxtapose how Ellie was yeah. with how Ellie is. Yeah. And even before Joel dies, we get some glimpses of this later that she was already broken. She was already kind of lost. Mm -hmm. Like she had drifted away from Joel in a way that you wouldn't have expected at the end of the first game. And that's without even knowing what he did originally and once she knows that obviously she drifts even farther away and seeing how things used to be just makes it hit home that much harder when you come back to reality you come back to seattle day two that ellie's on a path to self-destruction and she is sailing down the rabbit hole and you're going with her you don't have a choice because she's already made up her mind what she's going to do and uh that's I don't know if it was a scary feeling, but it was tense. It made me feel stressed about wanting about playing the rest of the game. Yeah, it was almost the it was almost the perfect setup. Um, the way they sort of shared those really touching moments that they had had four mm -hmm. years earlier, and it was, I think, I think, you know, they they wanted to show us this because yeah, it it, it, it made his death all the more impactful, all the more traumatic, um, because they had shared such you know. So much, so much time together. So, um, yeah, though that really was, um, that really was well done by Naughty Dog. The way they, uh, one of the better flashback sequences I've, uh, I've, I've seen in a game. Like it's, it was really impactful. Yeah. What what you were mentioning there, Paul, about uh, day two, and how Ellie, you know, she emerges and she's really on this war path. She's, you know, and she's kind of losing herself here. I think that the uh, the birthday gift flashback also did a really good job in giving the player that emotion as well. You know, he, they did a really good job. Maybe you might feel more linked to Ellie at the start of Seattle Day 2 than you do at any other part of the game. After that, man, I felt motivated to get out there and kill Abby. <laughs> you know? Uh, it, it really interesting. Cause... It was like Ellie's pain was my pain. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, I I think like I definitely felt Ellie's pain after that, yeah. but especially after the birthday gift flashback, I was feeling that she needed to take a step back and think about what she was doing. Mm. See, see that is that's the fundamental difference between I think both of your opinions and my opinion on this is that you think that she needed to take a step back here and I think she needed to take three steps forward. Hmm to put her head down and fucking barrel through these fucking people. Sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, she, she I mean she was she was out for vengeance. It was I I mean she just was. She was out for vengeance and um in some ways it it's almost hard to explain because 
you know, their relationship at that point was was somewhat fractured. Um, or, I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe it was tense. It was tense between the two because of what Joel had done, obviously. So um, to sort of understand that she has that kind of rage where she's taking out hundreds upon hundreds of, of people is somewhat confusing a little bit. I mean, you definitely understand what Abby went through. I mean, her own father. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but um, I will say, yeah, with, I, with taking out hundreds of people and everything like that, kind of getting off track here, but because of the way they did the game, with there being I don't know one or two stealth kill animations, and the way that these these uh, like NPCs would die you felt like you were killing the same character over and over. At least I did. And and they did a really good job of like NPC dialogue between each other, you know, uh, you know, Hey Josh, check over here. Oh, okay. Emily. Oh shit. Emily's down. Get over there. Like that stuff is all really, really good. But as far as like taking them out, I did not feel the weight of murder the way that, I think a lot of people were anticipating you would. I remember my buddy telling me like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to play the game because it just seems like every kill is going to be such a such a hard thing to do. But I did not find that to be the case at all. Yeah, I mean, there were some moments. I, I think when you, when you kill, um, and again, I'm fuzzy on these characters, uh, when you kill the, the pregnant girl and Owen, uh, you're playing as Abby. I mean, you really, or no, no, that was with Ellie. Jesus, I'm getting things confused. Yeah, but, um, that's at the end of uh, Seattle Day Three. Y- yeah, so I mean those those deaths, some of the cutscene, the deaths in the cutscene really feel like, mm. oh shit, like this is really impactful. But by and large, the gameplay, yeah, you're right. Like you don't, it just becomes automatic. You're killing, yeah, you know, I, you're you're killing you're killing all the enemies in one area and moving on to the next, and it's it didn't carry a lot of weight. Yeah, it's I like, feel like that's part of the point too. Mm. Is that you know, there are so many enemies and Ellie is such a vicious, brutal killer at this point. Um, you know, those kill animations start to feel less impactful as you go on. Like the first few times you see her really jam a switchblade into somebody's liver. Uh, it's vicious. Yeah. And as you go along, it gets less and less vicious. It gets easier because it's getting easier for Ellie to kill. I think that was what I took away from it is that that's this a, is the intent. You're supposed to feel less. That's a really good point. Yeah, that, that, that does make sense. It's, it is true, because you do find as you're playing with her throughout the game, she, as you, the more you're progressing, the more she's just sort of losing herself. She's losing that humanity. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right, Paul. I think a lot of that is intentional, that it's she's just going through the motions um, for a, a big part of the big part of the game. She's just it's all becoming automatic. So yeah, I think that's very intentional and I think that's all part of the, part of the journey for her. Yeah. She's just lost. She's lost everything. So, um, yeah, these killing just doesn't have any impact on her. And I think like throughout the, the LE days, we build towards understanding why it is. She feels, uh, so compelled to, to go on this mission and to make sure that Abby dies. And uh, we get our, our second glimpse into why she's feeling that way with the flashback in uh, Ellie Day 2 where they're looking for the guitar strings and they find the, the corpses and uh, eventually she uh, gets the truth out of Joel. 
Um, no. and, and obviously later on we we find out that their final interaction um, before he dies is not what you would want um, with a loved one. So I think that's that's part of where... I'm not sure where I was going with this, but anyways. Well, I, I think the flashbacks are cool and they're well done and everything, but did we really need a reason for... Because at this point, we didn't really know that Ellie and Joel, like, fucking hated each other. We didn't get that scene where Joel had actually told Ellie about what happened on the operating table. So, like, did we really need to waste as much time as we did, uh, like, building up a reason as to why we were this vicious and why we took Joel's death this, this hard? I mean, after that first game, that, like, that was all I needed. Just thinking back to the first game and them traveling halfway across the country together was plenty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the maybe the goal of the flashbacks was more to flesh out that relationship a little bit and mm. show that not only was it that journey across the states to you know find the fireflies that made them close, but here's all this other shit that happened. And things were up and down, and it wasn't always good. Right. And that, you know, just further develops that relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like I see this shit happening, and I'm like, God damn, I wish we fucking got this game. I wish we got Jackson and the events that unfolded at Jackson. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there was a lot of shit that happened in those four years, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I would have wanted that game, though. I, I feel like... Most of the time I was playing through part two, I wasn't sure that it was necessary. Because that first game to me is is basically perfect. It it didn't need anything else. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. trying to do some of the same things again and make another Last of Us game, but not do something like this would have been a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Um and, and would have lost a lot of the character that made the series the series. But with this they took a huge risk. And a huge risk, a very polarizing that, risk, right? A huge risk that seemingly turned out to be a big mistake because I mean, the fan base is divided beyond anything reasonable. Well, I mean, that's a risk that you're going to take anytime you're trying to do something that is out on a limb or something that's not what was expected. I'm sure the same, a lot of the same people who are, are grousing about what this game is would have been equally upset if it was the same or too much the same. Are we are we sure that know. the community is divided though? You know what I mean. Like, is it is it just is it just a small percentage oh. of loudmouths online? Um, uh, I think the vast you know? majority of people, from everything I've seen, the vast majority of people don't like this game worldwide. I mean, look at uh, Japanese Amazon; they can't give this game away fast enough. Uh, I was reading a story about I think it was in Taiwan that there was a deal going. It was like a week after release. Buy three, get Last of Us two free. Um, the the sales figures I was reading about how these sales figures, fastest selling PlayStation game of all time, these numbers have essentially been cooked because they're counting shipped units. They're not they're not counting strictly sold units. It's shipped units, and apparently there are fucking store store after store after store worldwide that have backlogs of these copies. And um, I don't know. I think that that the fan base is divided. 
again, like I was saying, beyond anything reasonable. And and to your point, Paul, absolutely, I appreciate a, uh, you know, I, I appreciate an attempt at doing something different. I, I definitely do. Um, I, I just can't help but feel like if this story wasn't The Last of Us, everybody would be talking about how this is one of the greatest games ever made. Oh, 100%. Right? I agree that's, with you there. It's, it's, uh, that's no question. I would be too. I really do. I just think that, man, some of these story beats, I don't know. Like, What makes The Last of Us good? They, Neil Druckmann specifically, he lost sight of things. He lost sight of things throughout this script. And I'm not saying it's all bad, not, not by any means, but he, I, I think that he lost sight of things throughout some of this script. Well, it's, it definitely doesn't have, like, it's not sort of, Last of Us finished, I, I, there was a happy ending, and there really was. It was ha- it was happy, everybody felt warm and fuzzy, everything worked out. Well, but this this one has just got, a, and I think that's the direction that, that they decided to take. I, I'm good with it. I like the, the, the grim, the darker tone, the themes of revenge and trauma and hate. And um, um, I, li- I just found it like really raw, really gritty. And um, definitely, it, it definitely did it raw, for me. Gritty. But, you know, am I, um, you know, am I shocked at some of the some of the things that happened in the game? Did did the did the game go the direction I wanted to? Maybe not. But I'm good with it. I'm good with the direction that took me. I'm good with the journey, the, the way they, they told the stories and how they made, um, you know, how how everything sort of came together in the end, mostly. And you could relate not only to Abby, but to Ellie as well and sympathize with both sides um, at the end. Um, and it was sad. Like you just, the, the game finishes and you just feel this overwhelming sense of sadness that here Ellie is, who's lost everything remains you know she's she's maybe found maybe she's gained a little bit of humanity throughout this journey but she's she's lost everything at this point so oh yeah um and her decisions her decision making which we'll get to is i find questionable i don't know why she felt compelled to, to go back and finish abby off but she did to go to santa barbara i don't know why she did but i mean that was that was part of the journey and um I don't know. For me, it's unforgettable. I mean, to me, I think it's unfortunate that, that the, the community is so divided. I feel like that ha- that has less to do with the story and more to do with a couple of the characters in the game, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I think that's I think that's primarily where the, the discourse is. I mean, I feel that it has that um, that's where I think a lot of the grievances rest, unfortunately. So I think it's interesting, Trev, that you say that at the end of the last of us, it was a happy ending. Everybody, everybody walked away. They were all happy. Well, that's kind of the story of this game is that the end of the last of us was not a happy ending for everyone. That's right. No. Because Abby's father, who was a guy who clearly was very conflicted about what he thought he had to do to save humanity is dead and her life is broken. So this is as much as it's wrapped up as Ellie's story. It's, kind of abby's story in many ways it is um that's the problem with the game that's the problem with the game is that it's abby's story but abby is this like (laughs) inconsequential character that you brought to you brought to joel's death i mean and again like that's what i was saying that there's 
serious pacing issues in that first act. I think that the game would have been a lot better had you not played as Abby in the opening act. Uh, I may have been able to find my sympathy for her had I not done that. But man, you take this random character and you force you force the player to bring her to Joel. Oh man, makes me sick thinking about it. So maybe, let's let's move on to yeah. the Abby section of the game, please. Because Rhett, I gotta know what is it about this character that you think or feel that was mishandled. Uh, like, like I was saying, man, she's just completely fucking inconsequential. Uh, I know that her father was the guy, like, so what? It didn't matter. Uh, there was no way, and again, I, I, I expressed a lot of this already, but there was no way that Druckmann was going to build sympathy for this character, and it, it didn't matter what social political issue he beat the player over the head with Druckmann was not going to build sympathy out of Abby um it 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 just didn't it didn't compute for me it didn't work uh yeah I I just wanted to get to killing get to killing Abby and all of her fucking friends too Manny uh fucking who was the boyfriend Owen (laughs) fucking kill that dude uh yeah (laughs) that's where i'm at now i will say i will say though uh sorry seattle like uh playing as abby during these parts she had some of the best moments in the entire game gameplay wise uh i mean we'll we'll get to day three but i think that the island was probably the best part of the game yeah that was a pretty good sequence that's sort of the escape from from island that was great abby and abby and lev yeah Lev, am I pronouncing her name right? His name? Yep. Yeah, so that that, that like, was that was a great sequence. That whole the whole island sequence, the visuals, the explosions, that that was uh that that was pretty cool. Expertly done. Yeah. So whether it was successful or not is a different question, but I think that was the goal of this story was to make you wrestle with that feeling that you wanted Abby dead. Mm. That was the goal of the second half of the game was to make that a question in your mind. Should she be dead? Or was she in the right? No. And I mean, methods, I I think, are are questionable, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Pretty savage. Sorry, go on, Trevor. I think they they wanted us to sympathize with, with Abby. I think that was... That was part of the goal of the second half. They wanted us to sort of relate to Abby and and sort of see some of the similarities because Ellie and Abby are actually pretty similar characters in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both, you know, you think about like sort of the, what they've had to go through. I mean, Joel kills Abby's dad. Abby kills Joel. Ellie kills Owen and Mel. Abby kills Jesse. Abby kills Tommy. So it's this back and forth where they... They're 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 killing off these significant characters in one another's lives to the point it reaches you know that that pretty epic battle that they have inside the the theater which was which was amazing amazing that was a pretty that was a great sequence yeah. and then of course the very end outside the um the outside on the beach and in the water um that was and then when you see Abby at the end too she doesn't even look like Abby anymore because she had been hanging on this post for god knows how long so Oof, yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> so i i i think they they wanted us to sort of 
they wanted us to sympathize with her. But I'm with you, Red. I didn't quite sympathize. I was never able to sympathize with Abby as much as I was with Ellie, but I have more of a history with Ellie than I do Abby. That's uh, that, that's what I'm saying is how were you ever going to take this random character? I keep saying it, but how are you ever going to take this random and at the time inconsequential character and put her up against this mountain of history with Ellie and expect to actually be able to build sympathy. I, I know you were saying that they wanted to build sympathy and everything. Exactly. That's my point is that they were unable to do it. At least in my opinion, I, I never, I was never able to get there with this character. Uh, and it, it didn't matter what Druckmann tried to beat the player over the head with. I wasn't having any of it. I was just waiting for my chance to get to fucking choke Abby out, stab her, whatever, you know, however Ellie was going to do it, you know? I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure I, mean, she had some I, I think I think part of what they tried to create was they wanted, um, you know, when she was helping uh, Liev and Yara and helping them escape and defending them and rescuing them. I think that was part of what they wanted to do when it came to, you know, just liking the character. Um, but I never found I really cared about those two characters, never. even though was was that an absolutely gruesome like when they hammered her arm and then oh yeah no vicious oh vicious and and we've been saying it the whole time you know this is a gruesome vicious game and it, it really takes no prisoners in that regard so yeah like man that was a brutal scene was it ever yeah so Rhett, when you say whatever Druckmann tried to beat us over the head with what exactly do you mean I'm okay curious. so and I, I I'm not trying to step on any toes here but I just think that. The character of Lev was created to artificially create sympathy. I think that there are real issues here and and real societal problems that, that people deal with every day. And I think that Druckmann drummed up this character to artificially inseminate the game with, with sympathy for Abby. And, and I just wasn't having any of it. It, it didn't matter to me. These characters felt even more inconsequential than Abby did. Um, Abby, day two, I think it was, when you go back to get them, man, I'm like, get, like, end this now, you know? I just, there were so <laughs> many sequences where I'm like, I don't care about these people. I don't care about what's going on. Uh, they mean nothing to the world of The Last of Us. And... And I shouldn't say that about Abby, because again, she has the connection with her dad and Joel and everything, so it's not like Abby means nothing, but so much of what Abby is involved in means nothing to The Last of Us. And yeah, I couldn't get past that. Yeah, I mean, you, you sympathize with the kid. I mean, Lev just, what he go, I mean, he's banished from his, from his community. I mean, he's forced to kill his mom, which was a bit of a... I didn't see that coming, but I mean, I guess he kills his mom, watches his sister die. I mean, it's pretty like brutal what Lev had to go through. And Abby has taken, you know, taken him under her wing, which is great and all. But yeah, I had a, I had a tough time with that character as well, Rhett. Like I just did. Yeah. Um, something felt missing and I, and I can't put my thumb on it. It did. I just, exactly. Like it felt like I was being told to sympathize with this character. And I wasn't being asked to. I wasn't, you know, uh, being tasked with with 
uh, you know, diving into this character's history and everything and, and uh, you know, discovering this really fleshed out, uh, hammered out character that means something to, to the overarching narrative. It just wasn't like that. It just felt like this this side story that was tacked on to, again, I said it a few times, but to just like artificially create sympathy. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think they handled the, I mean, it, Lev was a transgender character and I think they handled, like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't care you know what I mean? As I'm playing, I didn't really care that this character was transgender. No. Like to me, it was almost irrelevant. But it was also a byproduct of, you know, of her mother turning, turning of his mother turning on him, of the community turning on him. So, you know, you 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 had compassion for him that way. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's transgender, like I could give a shit. Right. Like it, it just didn't mean anything to what was going on. No. And, and it. It was so inconsequential to the flow of the story that I fully missed that context the first time right. through. Like I, I didn't realize that he was a transgender character. Um, I obviously there was something that had happened that had made uh, him exiled. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you guys are right. That's the Levin Yara are definitely the thinnest part of the story and they end up being more plot devices than characters, Absolutely. which is a problem. It's th- a problem. I think that if they wanted to make a transgender character, I think Abby should have been transgender and it, it never should have been an issue. It never should have been, you know, even brought up She sh- or he should have just been transgender, you know? Um, I, I kind of thought that that's where they were going with Lev. And, so did I. Right? Um, you know, <laughs> that like Lev would be able to confide in Abby. There would be that scene where Lev would be able to confide in Abby and Abby would confide in Lev. And, and um, yeah, but then I guess you get Abby and Owen absolutely going to town on each other. So that really puts, <laughs> puts that theory to rest. But hey, there's going to be, there'll, there'll likely be a part three. So yep. that, that's, that's definitely something they can continue. Yep. And I, and I suspect they probably will continue if they have, uh, if, if, and when, yeah, I, I, I choose to believe we will get another game. It would be tough to, to imagine not seeing <laughs> last of us three, especially with the way it ended. Like they could theoretically create a third game. I don't know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Could absolutely. So, one thing I want to touch on is the the way the game sort of weaponizes your own perceptions against you, or tries to do that. Uh, questionable how effective it is all of the time. Like There were a few times through Ellie's section where it would specifically call out something, and I would it would kind of twinge with me as, this is a strange thing to call out, like uh, when she shoots the dog in the hospital. Mm. You know? And she's like, oh, you stupid dog. And then throughout <laughs> throughout Abby's playthrough, the dog is there a lot. And the do- you kind of like the dog, yeah. you know? So you feel a little bit bad about killing the dog. Um, and it does that various times throughout the playthrough, both with the dog and with other characters. Like, it tries to do that with Owen. It tries to do that with Mel, with Mel as well. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those things are the weaker parts of the narrative because it's it's trying a little bit too hard. I think maybe it would have been more effective at building some rapport with Abby and with the wolves more generally if it had taken the higher road and gone, um, you know, shown Abby doing something for the community rather than going out of her way to go back and 
you know, backtrack through a whole bunch of Seattle to go find Levin Yara. I didn't like that section either. Or backtrack through a bunch of shit to go fuck Owen, who has impregnated Mel. Like, let, <laughs> let's not forget about the scene. The last time Mel and Abby see each other, Mel's like, fuck you, Abby. You're a fucking piece of shit. Get out of my fucking face. Like, that, that is Abby. That is the fucking character. Mel had it right. and That, that was well-deserved. It was, absolutely. She, again, she had fucked Owen. Mel's pregnant. What is happening? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, a- Abby was a piece of shit, man. Well, I think they were going for the the kind of shit happens angle. And <laughs> nobody's does, perfect. Yeah. Fair, uh, fair. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, you're you're right. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um let's move on to Seattle day three. We're we're approaching the the well, the final confrontation with Ellie. Mm-hmm. Where I mean I thought it was brilliant that you have to play that section as Abby. <sighs> Man, you you specifically are playing this character that you have come to know know over the past few hours, and you have presumably some connection to them. And and Rhett, I know you have no connection to it, and you're probably mm-hmm. trying to like electrocute her and shit during the fight. <laughs> oh, dude, I threw her off so many fucking like ledges and shit throughout the game. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> But I think in the case that everything has gone well up to this point and you do have some level of sympathy for Abby, now you're faced with this situation where you have to take this character that you've come to know recently and put her up against a character that you dearly love from years and years and years of gaming history. And I thought, like, one, the gameplay was really good in that fight. I really enjoyed that battle. But two, I thought it was a good story beat. Easily the most surreal moment in the entire series. Uh, like you illustrated it really well, Paul. Playing as this character that I personally, you know, loathed, and going up against Ellie, whom I I was desperate to get back in the shoes of, and desperate to, uh, you know, complete her journey. Going up against her in this like vicious hand-to-hand slash, uh, you know, weaponized fight. Man, brilliantly done. And like I said, the most surreal moment of the entire game. I, Every time, like, I attacked Ellie, I didn't want to do it, but, oh, man, it was just so well done. Yeah, a real, yeah. A real but thou must yeah. situation. Yeah. And, and I thought that was going to be the end. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, this, this must be the end of the game. Like, this is the final epic battle. And it turned out to be an epic battle, but I, I honestly thought that when when we went to the cutscene to the farm, that that would be like sort of the closing credit scene. Okay, we're 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 done here. Like this is it. So I was uh, I was shocked. We got oh probably another couple hours after that 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 epic battle in the theater. Yeah. Where, um, you know, up to this point, Abby had killed everything in her way. So part of me was a little bit confused that, okay, she has an opportunity to kind of end it here and she doesn't and just says something to the effect of like, Hey, you know, Hey, I never want to see you again. Like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to let this person live, but I never want to, you know, I'm going to let Dina live, but I'm never, I never want to see you again. So, um, part of me was confused at, at that moment after everything that Abby had gone through, 
all of a sudden had sympathy for Dina, who was pregnant. But, you know, Mel was pregnant, and Ellie shot her. So, um, yeah. I think that's where the Levin Yara stuff is supposed to come into your mind as, you know, Abby's thinking back to these people that have lost lost in another way and not wanting to perpetuate that farther. Right. Speaking of, uh, of uh, pregnant Dina, I had a tough time finding sympathy for her because what a selfish decision it was to not tell Ellie about the pregnancy and come with her to Seattle and eventually get Jesse killed. Just to go back right. a little bit, right? Like, yeah. I had a tough time finding sympathy for her in those in those moments too. But, uh, yeah. Well, and I and I didn't feel like the the relationship between Dina and Jesse was over. Like, there was a point, there was a point when Jesse arrived at the theater where Dina and Jesse had a bit of a connection there. And so, part of me, like at that time, I remember thinking, hmm, this doesn't look over here between the two of them. Yeah. Yet, there's this whole relationship with Ellie and Dina. So. Um, I thought that was was really fascinating and interesting and also sort of, you know, when we talk about Abby being like the other woman, um, in, in some ways, Ellie for a moment there felt like, oh, you know, maybe Dina really prefers to be with with Jesse. But it, it was interesting. It was, I mean, it was it was it was well done in that last of us two did a great job with all these relationships and the complexities of them mm. and the decisions and the sloppy human mistakes that people make. Um, it did a really nice job capturing that because, you know, there was that, that moment where I felt, you know, maybe Dina isn't quite committed to Ellie. So, mm. yeah. Interesting. I, interesting. I think that's a criticism I have of a lot of video games is that the writing always tries to put, too fine a bow on everything everything always ties up perfectly there are no loose ends and any mistakes that people have made have either um been catastrophic and and therefore fatal or they they're completely resolved by the end of the the tale and there's a lot of loose ends here that 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 kind of ties into what i wanted to say uh about these flashbacks that you play through as abby now in the first game and correct me if I'm wrong, but did the first game not make it very clear that the doctors had actually tried, like there had been, I don't know, other patients like Ellie or the doctors had tried something like this before and it never worked? I thought that there were like uh, mm. audio logs or, or some sort of, uh, you know, like manuscripts that you could pick up that alluded to the doctors actually trying this before. I don't remember that. Right? I, I could have sworn that that was a thing, but so I just was going to say that like to put it just to like, you know, tie everything up in a uh, neat bow and, and, and do what you can with the story when it might not make sense. Uh, I swear that the flashbacks that you were playing as Abby made it seem like if Ellie had gone through with the operation, 100% there would have been a cure. But I could have sworn in the first game that yeah. it was kind of alluded to uh, the fact that it may not have actually worked. But again, I could be wrong about that. Mm. Which is kind of goofy in a way for us to believe that, you know, Ellie is the only one in this entire world that is that has got the that'll be part of this cure. Yeah, because um, I, I, I do get I get what Joel did. I mean, I, I understand, like as a dad myself, I get it. You don't want to you don't want to sacri- sacrifice your your daughter and in Joel's case, surrogate daughter to become a lab rat. 
And, I, I you mean, know, to, to, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get he, it. Man, his daughter was shot dead in his arms as if he could ever go through with losing another daughter, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, another great point. Yeah. Uh, I kind of think that regardless of whether or not the cure was a sure thing, if, if Ellie underwent the operation, it's played as though it would have been a hundred percent guaranteed because we're playing the game from, and we're, we're experiencing the game from Ellie's perspective and Mm -hmm. from Ellie's perspective, after she finds out the truth from Joel, that would have been her way to matter. That would have been her way to contribute to the world and make a meaningful change. And as it is, Mm -hmm. he saved her life, but also ruined her life because now she's in this monotony of suffering that, you know, is being, is being experienced by everyone who's alive in the world. That was the real heartbreaking thing about the end of the first game is that Joel, as broken as he was, he made the decision to rob Ellie of her purpose. And it's something that he had to live with from that point on. And eventually Ellie had to live with once Mm -hmm. Joel divulged, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a selfish decision. For man, Joel, it's selfish, but sure. man, it's like Trevor was saying, like, I'm not a father, but I feel like I can sympathize with any father that would agree. Like, I would have done the same thing as Joel did, you know? Oh, man, absolutely. that's God, it's that's the human thing to a, do. Yeah, yeah. And, let's not, yeah, act, and I, let, let's not act like anybody asked Ellie either. You know, nobody asked Ellie. I know that when she was a little bit older, she was like, oh, you fucking took my my purpose away and everything but man at 14 come on would that girl really have wanted to die if they said like okay ellie we yeah we got to put you under now i mean nobody asked her and i'm not saying she would have not made the unselfish sacrifice but nobody asked her man she was 14 yeah like well they can just they can just go look for let's look for someone else that might have a cure let's just go on another journey and we'll Maybe somebody else will have a cure. We'll sacrifice someone else. Yeah. So we, we've said that the series is very much based in realism. I would not have a tough time believing that there's another person somewhere that has the cure blood in them. If Ellie's got it, you know, there's got to be someone else. Someone else, else must. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the brilliant things of this kind of storytelling. Um, you know, the boots on the ground nobody knows anything kind of storytelling is that it you don't know and it kind of doesn't matter because the story isn't about saving the universe it's about being in this character's shoes and doing what makes sense and Mm. them doing what they believe is right and sometimes them doing what they believe is right even when it's the ultimate wrong which Mm. is kind of where we end up when we end up in in Santa Barbara after after the farm sequence. Yeah, yeah, Santa Barbara's cool. Uh, <laughs> it's it's so nice to after going through Seattle and spending so much time and you know the rainy overcast uh, levels that that Seattle was made up of. It was really nice to go to Santa Barbara and get some sunshine. Right, <laughs> you start off on the beach <laughs> and and you're going through like houses and shit. Man, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, really like refreshing change of pace for the game. Yeah, and I enjoyed some of those combat sequences where you're taking down, what were they, slave keepers or whatever, yeah. whatever the hell they were. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of that that uh, that gang was, for lack of a better word. But yeah, that some of those sequences where you're um, 
you know, behind a bus and in their sort of encampment, taking them down. That was that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And those like zombies chained up, mm. which was uh, which was wild. And it was fun releasing those zombies as they as they cause chaos. And of course, you do your thing, yeah. advancing through the level. So I thought that was all well done. And I um, I enjoyed that sort of little journey we took there to get to the beach to get to Abby. Mm-hmm. Who I mentioned earlier was strung up to a post and skinny and didn't even look like her Oof. her usual uh, you know Hulk Hogan like right. figure yeah. that she that she was. That whole Santa Barbara sequence, I I really applaud them for putting in something that was that big a change of pace and basically the epilogue of the story. Mm-hmm. And but throughout that whole journey from you know Santa Barbara down to the beach, I just felt superhuman like i had mastered the mechanics of the game right. and was just this absolute beast ellie was on a tear and she was not going to be stopped by anything it was every uh tool in the bag was being used just yeah, on and yeah, off yeah. Like, yeah. all the traps all the different weapons and just 100 uh, percent feeling like a true badass yeah it's where you felt like james bond where you'd you'd hit the arrow shots and then you'd switch over to the the uh, new SMG that you get and lay a couple shots in and then switch over to a fucking Molotov and toss that. Yeah, like it really did come together at the end here. Uh, I was going to say, The Scars? Is, is that the name of the, the final gang? Scars? No, The Scars um, were like the... Um, the other ones. The whistling people. Oh, right, right. Um, whatever this final gang was, they felt like something that was like pulled right off of the pages of a walking dead comic. They're just like, yeah, they, they were just like a fun, like violent gang like that, that, you know, it, it, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't feel like uh like a major story arc, but it just felt like something that the, these characters could get into and uh, kind of come together over the course of dealing with, if, if that makes sense, you know, uh, this sort of like common enemy uh, bringing these two characters together. I felt that that was done really well. Yeah, it, I, the whole Santa Barbara um, chapter, it, it really felt. You know what it felt like? It felt like I was, I was, I was in, I was watching overtime. Like you know that it, and and who doesn't love overtime? It doesn't mean in any any game, any you know any football game, any hockey game, you get to overtime and it's exciting. And I found that's what Santa Barbara felt like for me. It felt like overtime yeah. and it was tense and and you you know you know you're really close to the end. Like you know like it's wrapping up. So. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was great. A great change of pace um, leading up to that final confrontation with Abby. Yeah. Where, oof, bites her fingers off. <laughs> Again, HBO gore. God, they do God. not hold back. Let's just let's just bite off those fucking fingers so she can never play guitar again. Exactly. Not like Ellie has lost everything. Now she's lost the ability to play the fucking guitar. In the same way that Jamie Lannister lost his hand. You know, the greatest fucking swordsman in the world. Right, right. Ellie loses her fucking fingers and won't be playing Nine Inch Nails. Was it Nine Inch Nails? She won't be playing any of that shit maybe ever again. (laughs) Nope. She's going to have to start playing left-handed. Right, Yeah. right. Yeah, that's her best hope. Jesus. Jimi Hendrix style. She... But man, yeah. I thought I thought the whole farm sequence did a great job of making me question whether when Ellie finally did track down Abby, was she going to be able to do it? Mm. Because she hesitated so hard when Tommy came there because she was yep. so into what was happening with 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 Dana or uh, pardon me, Dina and the baby and and everything that she'd built on the farm. 
I didn't know if she would be able to go through with it. And that, but this is just another stupid story beat though. Like, so Tommy comes down and he fucking causes this big fucking thing. And and Dina's mad at Ellie and she still goes, she goes to get Abby. Like, uh, why would she not go through with things at the end? She throws away everything. I mean, there, there are, you know, certain interpretations uh, of the ending but at this point, Ellie is throwing away everything, and and you know there's nothing that there's there's nothing for Ellie to come back to when she makes this this decision, and she goes, and she's not gonna fucking make the final decision, or maybe I should say Druckmann doesn't give us the choice in the matter, mm. you know. Uh, if we're supposed to feel empty and broken and alone at the end of the game and like we made a you know and and like our decisions mattered one way or another let me make my decision let me kill abby let me fucking go through with what this mm-hmm. entire game was about or at least uh you know three-fourths of the game let me make that decision for myself and then let me feel shitty afterwards mm-hmm. you know let me be the bad guy if i want to be but I was okay. I was okay with that. I mean, she's she's ending the cycle of revenge, ending the cycle of violence. I mean, kind of like we talked about earlier, there had been all these killings. All the meaningful people in their lives had been killed, if not at the hands of Abby, the hands of others, and and vice versa with with Ellie as well. Um, so I think I think to me it made sense that at at that very moment, at the very end. When she had the flashback of Joel, when she's about to kill her, like leave, choke her underneath the, underneath the water, she just came to the realization like that the the cycle has to stop, at least until Last of Us Part Three. But it's got, mm, it's yeah, got to stop yeah. for the purpose, you know, for the purpose of this, of what we're going through, stop that cycle of revenge that both of them had been going through leading up to the very end. Both of them had just been on this war path the entire game, and so. I, I see what you're saying, like, perhaps we should have had the choice, or why didn't she end it? Like, we had gone this far, why didn't she just finish her off? But, um... Well, I think we more so no. should have gotten the choice. That's really what it is. I think that, like, this this feeling that Neil Druckmann wants you to feel at the end of this game, I think that he actually could have gotten the majority of players to feel it if they gave if he gave the player the choice. Um, I was going to say that I was mentioning that, uh, uh, Joel in the first game robbed Ellie of her purpose. Druckman robs the player of their purpose at the end of this game. Hmm. Maybe. But, but maybe that's what he was going for. Maybe Druckman is now Joel and he's robbing the player of the purpose in the same way that Joel robbed Ellie of hers in the first game. Hmm. That's a good, yeah. You know? You could be on to something, really. Or maybe I'm thinking way too deep into it, and Druckmann is not that smart, and Druckmann just kind of coasted through this. So I'm kind of leaning towards that. Uh, I don't know that I'd say coasted. This is a a pretty heavily developed narrative, whether you like it or not. Um, Regardless of 
how you feel about the outcome, everything was in service to those themes that Trevor mentioned of revenge and, and loss and uh, dealing with those things. And I think one of the main takeaways that I had from this game is that at the end of it, Ellie is does not feel fulfilled in any way. Mm. You know, she's gone on this journey of trying to avenge Joel and in one way has succeeded because she found the person that did it and prevailed in a, in a battle, but also by doing that lost everything else that she'd built. And I don't know. I think it's, it's okay that that is just what it is. Yeah. I I don't think there needs to be a greater purpose. I think Ellie, like she decided that she had to give up on her quest for revenge, which is something Abby essentially did at the theater. I mean, she, she could have offed, I mean, she could have offed everyone there and she could have killed Dina, but she's just like, she decided then I'm stopping the cycle of revenge. I don't ever want to see you again, you know, have a nice life. And I think that at that point, then we circle back to Ellie and it's sort of a similar ending. She could have finished off Abby, but she didn't. And I think it was all about, it was all about stopping that, that cycle, that quest for revenge and finding, you know, peace that, you know, maybe killing, killing the person that killed Joel won't, it won't make her happier. It won't help her cope with what she had gone through with the trauma. It won't help her in any way by killing Abby. And I think she came to terms with that. Like I can finish her off here, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so I, I thought that was all like, for me, I was like, wow, that's, that's impactful. I think you're right, Trev. Um, and the part where right after that, where she ends up back at the farm and, you know, the whole thing is stripped bare except for her kind of art room with, you know, the, the shrine to her past life as an artist and her time with Joel is still intact. And we end the game with her literally closing the door on that chapter of her life, which is what she just did with Abby. She let it go and she's going to move on. She's going to move forward instead of looking back and, and, and being caught in that cycle. Yeah, but you're beating a dead, a dead horse at that point. Let me kill Abby and then let me leave Joel behind by leaving the room and, and trying to play guitar with my nubs. As far, as far as I'm concerned, this girl got left with nothing but fucking nubs at the end of this game. What the fuck? <laughs> fucking fuck. She's going to have to fucking Paul McCartney it from now on. She's like, God damn it. There must be a drummer. Out. Man, I yeah. bang on a drum or something. This is bullshit. 100%. 100%. Okay, uh, did, did that farm not, like, I wanted to live in that farm. Yeah. It was so picturesque. It was so perfect. Like, what a... That whole farm and the the grass, the surrounding areas was so stunning. Like, way to end on a really high note graphically. Like, I thought visually, the end, that whole farm, and just the way that that, was, that, that uh, played out at the end looked fantastic. Yeah, I agree. You know, killing Abby or not, this was exactly the way to end the game back in the house and it's really kind of sad because you know it's it's empty and quiet and like you go into the bedroom and the sheets are all folded up and uh but then of course like paul was saying you've got the joel room uh ellie's shrine to to her relationship with joel and leaving that behind yeah that is exactly how the game should have ended 
I wonder if they ever thought about uh, having that choice be a thing at the end of the game. Play the nubs? Play play guitar? Well, play the nubs, obviously, but <laughs> whether, whether or not to kill Abby. Oh, okay. They had to have wrestled with that. I'm sure they did. So, so originally the ending was Ellie killing Abby. And uh, Druckmann, you know, he just didn't have the set to go through with it. I'm going to say it. He just, how, do, just, how do we know that? How do we know This that? is confirmed. Oh, oh, Druckmann and uh, what's her name? The like lead script, the, the lead script writer or whoever it was uh, with Howie Gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they came out and said originally the plan was for Ellie to kill Abby. And uh, huh. then after several, you know, changes to the script, I guess they figured they'd go with the other ending. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Would love to see a director's cut with the real ending. <laughs> yeah. You mean the real ending where uh Abby just kills Ellie as well as Joel? <laughs> she just goes on a fuck yeah. <laughs> she just kills everybody, Tommy too, at the start of the game. Credits yeah, roll. Yeah, everybody's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Oh, I, I'd it, like to say as well, actually, about Abby uh, and her part of the game. So you have fucking legendary actor Jeffrey Wright playing Isaac. And that dude got two scenes and then and then yeah, he gets shot dead. It, it's the same thing with Troy Baker as well. Like your best actors in this game were given next to nothing. And the stuff that they were given, man, they absolutely knocked out of the park. It's just bizarre to me. It's very bizarre to me that they made the decision to kill off their best actors without giving them really much to chew on. I, sh- I shouldn't say that because they had good scenes. Like the, the stuff that they did was very well done. Uh, damn, I just would have liked to see more, especially from Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They, still, though, they, they pack so I mean, this thing was 25 hours long True. or what, yeah. whatever it took me to get through. They, I mean, you can only pack so much into this bad but, boy. But, I mean, I think the thing was 75 gigs. It's the it was the largest, I think the largest exclusive PS4 exclusive but, to date. So, so, so um, then it, it, I think I remember reading that somewhere. But then it all goes back to this bullshit with Lev and the sister. Like, knock, knock, <laughs> filler, all, knock all filler. of yeah, right? Knock all of that stupid shit out of the game and give me like actual uh storyline with Jeffrey Wright and like put me back at the stadium. That was another thing. One of the coolest parts of the game is when you are controlling Abby and you get to see the stadium that they've that they've yeah, set up. Wild. Man, that's fucking cool. I would have lo- It was spot on. Right? I've been to that stadium many times. It's it's it was spot on like everything from like where uh where the 12th flag is usually to the to the end zone bleachers. Yeah, yeah that was the it was impressive. It was kind of cool walking around. I mean, I I even said to my wife, I'm like, "Hey, honey, there's our there's our seats <laughs> yeah. right up there." Yeah, <laughs> like that 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 shit was really cool, and I would have loved to explore the stadium more, get into a little bit more of of Isaac's role in the story and his his oh, like purpose in uh in yeah. what's going on. Um, but no, it's like you've got this fucking legendary actor, and you give him two or three scenes and then kill him. I, I thought that was. But you're right. As as long as it was, it uh, they still could have told so many other stories. And Isaac's, yeah, I I didn't realize that such an accomplished act actor was playing Isaac. But yeah, we Isaac's in the game for a yeah. minute, and you hate you him. You hate him, right? Hate like him the whole man, time. he's fucking evil, and you you want to yeah, see more like, of him. You want to see you want to see him get mm-hmm. his, but not as fast as he does. You know? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that could be part three. Yeah. It, yeah. That could be part three is the, the formation of the wolves from the, the remnants of the fireflies and, you know, some of that backstory, even even going you as know, far back as playing as uh, Abby's surgeon father, whatever his name is. I would be a lot more interested in playing that story than playing the continuation of two. I don't care. I don't care about what Abby and mm. Lev go and do now. But yeah, Paul, that's a really cool idea. Maybe playing I, as the doctor a little bit. Yeah, I think there's yeah. no chance that we see a continuation past this. Point. No, like no, we don't. No, we don't I, see any more of Ellie's story or Abby's story. No, you don't no. think? I see. I think you could possibly see Ellie's story. I mean, Dina's not dead. Did, would 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 not a part of her want to go find Dina? Or does Dina give Ellie another chance? Like part part of me would like to see it branch out into that direction. And where does where does Abby go from here? Well, um, does she just live happily life ever happily ever after? Like what? I think I, I kind of like to see an extension to two, but I I think you're right, Paul. I think we don't see it. I think that the ending of us two alluded to Ellie actually having a much happier ending than you would think. There are mm -hmm. a couple things that kind of indicate uh, that they're all back at Jackson. Uh, there's a letter, I believe, from Jesse's parents that you find in this final act. And it mentions, you know, how they're all back in Jackson and uh mm. how is she so sorry yeah. she's so, so sorry about jesse's death and everything and then another really big uh clue that i think gives it away is when when ellie leaves to go to santa barbara there's this moment with this bracelet that she has and she she like gives the bracelet back or something like that there's this moment with this bracelet and she leaves without it and then when she comes back to the farm at the end of the game she's wearing dina's bracelet so I think that that's mm. what was another thing that's, I think that they're all back at Jackson as far as, you know, what they showed at nice. that ending. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good, good observations. Who knows? Good observations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did um, notice the bracelet the first time through, but part of me was I all, didn't. part of me was also thinking Ellie could have been to Jackson and it could have been overrun. True. Overrun by that. No, point, I, you know? I, everybody could be right. dead still. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what's, I think what's, unquestionable is she did not go straight from santa barbara to the farm because she's like she's healed she doesn't have any of her weapons or anything yeah uh yeah i think that they were trying to show that some time had passed and obviously time would pass but i think that they were trying to show that like ellie had been other places before going to the farm yeah. i can't remember but i think her hair was a bit different too yeah yeah right stuff like that well anyways that was the last of us part two guys I, I mean, I'll like I'll argue this till the day I die. Last of Us Part <laughs> Two. There is a, a, a very there's a it's a very short list of games that play better than The Last of Us Two. Uh, mm -hmm. It's there's no question that it's a contender for Game of the Year, maybe Game of the Generation, as a sequel to The Last of Us. Disappointing, disappointing. Gameplay wise, you know, again, it doesn't, there's a few things that play better, but as a sequel to The Last of Us, I think it could have been done better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean technical, technical masterclass. Like nothing technical is, masterclass, is better like, from, like, a, from a visual like said, perspective, music, absolutely. acting. Oh, uh, a, a lot all of that, writing, it doesn't get better. You don't like it, where it, it goes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. Like it's, it's very well done. Like even the parts that I don't like, of course, they're given the Hollywood treatment. Um, but yeah, like I was saying at the start of this, 
if this wasn't a sequel to The Last of Us, I think pretty much everybody would be calling this a near perfect game. Yeah, and, oh, uh, I, I'd, I I'd, totally agree with that. I, I'd be in that boat too. And I think I would argue, even if, like, for me as well, this is not the sequel I would have expected or would have wanted from this series. Um, but after playing it, really digesting it, and going back and playing through it again, I think it's the sequel that we needed for this mm. for this game. It's like, I don't think a direct sequel that was more of the same or, you know, grappled with the exact same issues, I don't mm-hmm. think it would have been effective. I think Red is right that if it was a different IP and it was kind of more of the same, that probably would have been super successful. But I don't think a direct sequel to The Last of Us was would have been what get, we needed. And I agree with you that I don't think they should have rehashed the same issues, but they should have come up with issues that mattered. That's that's where I'm coming from with that. It's tough because I think a lot of franchises wrestle with that. Like, do we do we make more of the same or do we take a drastic departure? So I give Naughty Dog tons of kudos for, for taking um, what I would consider a significant departure from, from the original. And some, I mean, the combat, the stealth, a lot of the, you know, the weapons, a lot of that's the same. Jaw-dropping visuals, post-apocalyptic environment, a lot of that is the same but just the overall tone and the characters and just sort of the, the um, just the, the, the dark feeling to the entire thing um, was different. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I give them props. They didn't give us more of the same. What will we get? Will it be another seven years from now? What will we get um, from, from another installment of the franchise? I think we'll probably see the same thing. It'll be a drastic departure. It won't be what we expect, and it might piss off a lot of fans, but um, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think if people play this from beginning to end, for the most part, I think people will feel like they got their money's worth. I feel like I got my money's worth. Yeah. It, you know, that I didn't feel, I didn't necessarily feel robbed here. Um, I thought it was just a terrific experience. Um, yeah, I can get nit- nitpicky about certain things, but overall, I, I, um, I quite enjoyed it. No, I, I didn't feel like I got robbed either. Um, if, if I were to play through the game and like skip every cutscene in Abby's parts, perfect. I'd, I'd play through that as many times as, you know, as I could. Uh, yeah, it's a great game to play. Yeah, I mean, it, it grapples with themes that we don't see grappled with in games. And they went way out on a limb and probably were only able to do that because of the pedigree of the studio and how much success they've had in the past. Like there's no way in hell you would you would let a you know like the coalition go that far out of their way with a Gears of War game. There's just there's just <laughs> no way that would happen. No. But uh you know that it turned out as well as it did and you know I think at least some people think that it's the sequel that we that we needed for this uh, franchise, myself included. You know what? I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Yikes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Paul. I, I really did enjoy it. I, I did like the journey that we went on. I did enjoy the story. Yes, it was like, it was unsettling at the end. Um, I did feel unsettled. I felt unsatisfied in some ways, but you know, the more time I reflect on the story, the more time I think about it, I think, I think that's that's what we needed. That's what we needed. That's and I think that's kind of what. Neil and company were trying to was the story they were trying to tell. So it was 
It was good. I want to play some more, but it might be a while. <laughs> thank um, God. Sony, <laughs> thank God Sony has Ghost of Tsushima out right now because they have never been so embarrassed on their own turf, man. Oh, um, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure sales, what are, I haven't looked at sales, but I'm sure sales are off the charts, aren't it, they? It's like I said, yeah, they claim that it's the fastest selling game, but there's a lot of controversy with that because they're including shipped units and not sold units. Um, that's yeah. that's like, not unique the, to this game though. The, the Japanese yeah. numbers are crazy low. Like the, they literally can't give this game away on Amazon. Like well, I said, have they, they released digital? You know the digital sales. You know that they're true. companies are always dodgy with digital sales. But this particular situation has been like I don't know. I think it's been kind of unique. They've been uniquely quiet. You know, it's it's suspiciously quiet about like what these actual numbers are. I I think that the game is much less of a critical success than people think. And I think maybe I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would lean toward calling it a commercial failure. It's certainly not a failure, but I don't think it's as much of a critical success as people think it is. Like I said, man, Tsushima, yeah. thank God they've yeah. got Tsushima right now. Cause I think Sony fans are really into it and they've forgotten about last of us. <laughs> yeah. Ghost of Tsushima is pretty cool. I, I haven't it. played it yet. I haven't played it. I do want to play it, but part of me was hesitant because I thought it would be another, you know, Souls-like punishing game where you need to have pinpoint fucking accuracy for every little control mm. and move and mechanic, which drives me fucking mental. I just, I'm too old. I'm too slow. My refl my reflexes suck. <laughs> I just don't have the patience no, for Souls-like games anymore. Tsushima, it's got to be fucking easier. Tsushima's good for that. It's not as ruthless. It's not as unforgiving on the timing. Then I'm in. Yeah, yeah like, you can basically just hold the block button, and you'll block pretty much every attack. There are ones that you need to dodge, but, yeah, it's it's not easy, but definitely it's not any, like, Souls-like, you know. Yeah, I've, I've reached an age where I almost need those accessibility features yeah. that Last of Us oh, 2 has. Like, it's, it's, it's like they're thinking of me. <laughs> Eyesight's going, you know. <laughs> oh, everything. Like, I'm actually wearing glasses as I'm podcasting here. It's that's it's gotten to that point. <laughs> i got to wear my reading glasses just so I can see the screen. It's funny you and I'm probably that, talking though. too loud like an old man. No, 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 no. It's, it's funny you mention that, though, because just today they patched in a new difficulty and new accessibility options into Ghost of Tsushima. So uh, it, it might be the perfect time for you to hop on board. Yeah, well, yeah. I just might do that. I yeah. just might do that. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been our Last of Us 2 spoilcast. I don't know. The thing where we talk about The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, you know, smash that like and subscribe button. We definitely spoiled it. You can do that if you want to hear some more from us. We would love that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Peace out. See ya.